Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. Welcome to Change. We're in a series right now called Escape Artist. We started last week and we were talking about uh, how Jesus not only died, but he rose from the dead. He conquered death. Are you excited that we are serving a God who defeated everything? He overcame the world so that we could overcome in him. And he proved nothing is to be feared but God alone. Nothing that comes against you is to be feared. Only him. Because he overcame everything. He overcame the world. He overcame death. He overcame everything that plagues us so that he didn't just escape, just escape to say, ooh, another Houdini. He escaped so that we could escape. And we're going to be talking for the next few weeks just about some perspectives that can trap you and hold you down and actually keep you back from the destiny you were designed for. It can keep you back from your purpose and from living out your calling. Sometimes you'll wake up and be like, I don't even feel like getting out of bed right now. Like, I don't even know why, why I do what I do. And I, I want to talk about some secrets that from the time that Jesus rose from the dead to the time that he went to heaven, there's some strategic times that he came back and showed himself. And he taught us how to overcome and escape some of the perspectives that hold us back some of the mindsets that could get us in trouble. And so I want to talk through those things as we really just plow into the, the future that God has for us. So I'm excited about it. But today, I want to talk about one of the first times that Jesus came back. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm excited that Jesus overcomes all barriers so that I can get to him freely. And I don't have to overcome myself. I don't have to overcome the insecurities and the doubts and all the things that I have, I've done. But I, I can rest assured that he's overcome everything. And we find the disciples, last week we talked about how, you know, he rose from the dead, the girls came back, they saw, they seen Jesus at the tomb, and so they ran back to the disciples, and they told them everything, and the disciples didn't believe him. Peter had to see it for himself. So he runs to the tomb, runs inside the grave, and he sees the grave close. And that's very symbolic of what Jesus wants us to do, because he didn't take the grave clothes with him. Death happened, and seasons of death happened in our lives, but we're not meant to carry those dead things around with us all the time. We're not supposed to always point back to, well, I can't because. Well, I've tried that, but, well, my family, you don't understand, they, you fill in the blank. And sometimes we carry around the grave clothes, and Jesus, and here's Peter, he sees the grave clothes, and he realizes, wow, he doesn't understand what's happening. But Jesus showed he escaped. No longer could death hold him, and no longer could even the things that symbolize death hold him down or stay with him. And so we find Peter, and I want to uh, pick up in Luke chapter 24 today, but we have to go back to John 21st and verse 9 and 10. It says, they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. And then the disciples went back to where they were staying. They had seen the miracle and even seen the proof, the grave clothes are right there. Jesus is risen, just like he said. And yet they still went back to where they were hiding. They weren't coming alive in anything. They were hiding, afraid. Because the one that they put all their trust in, 
They literally sold it all and followed him. And now he's dead. He's gone. They have no hope. They're sitting in a room behind a locked door, afraid. And their perspective was off. Because the thing they held so true to was gone. And if you've ever had this happen in your life, where you find yourself in a season of confusion, because you're not where you thought you were going to be. You had these goals. And you even talked about it. You even talked about it with your significant other. You dreamed together. And yet you find yourself perplexed because you're like, I don't know how we got here. And so we pick up on this conversation in Luke chapter 24, verse 13. It says, now on the same day, two of them were going to a village called Emos, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. Here they just saw their Savior die on a cross, and now he's gone. He's out of the grave. So they're talking with each other as they were talking and discussing these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. Whoa. But they were kept from recognizing him, thinking he was just another guy. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still and their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that are hap have happened here in these days? And Jesus' response is a response that could change the game for a lot of us. In verse 19, he says, what things? What things? They're talking about him. He knows. He was the one on the cross. He died. He went to the grave. And he rose from it. And now he's alive. And they're talking about the situation that he already knows the facts to. So why would he ask a question if he already knows the answer? Because Jesus was inviting a conversation. He was inviting a process. See, I, I feel like Jesus understands something about us humans. He understands. If we don't process something, we'll never truly understand it. I don't know about you, but in my life, I have things that happen, and sometimes I'll have the power of God happen so much in my life, and I'll have something take place, and it'll take me a while to realize what just happened. I'll be like, wow, that was amazing. That was great. And we'll talk it through, and, and me and Ashley will be talking it through and be like, wow, God was in that. And it's in the process that we understand his power was involved. And sometimes Jesus wants to invite us into a conversation so that we can process what his power is doing. He invited a conversation. What things? And then they go off. What are you talking about, Jesus? Are you the only one? And he said, what things? About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and, and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests, all the rulers, handed him over to be sentenced to death. They crucified him. They're going on about his story, right? Don't you know? But he, we had hoped that he was the one he, who was going to 
Redeem Israel. I mean, this is what we talked about for thousands of years. We've been talking about this Messiah that was coming. And here he was. We sold everything. You don't understand. We were, we were fishing. And he walked up. And he called us to this mission, and our hearts burned within us. We had to do it. We, we literally laid it. Can you just see them talking to Jesus? We literally laid everything down. He was the one. He was the one that we thought was going to redeem everything. And now he's gone. And now we have no hope. And he keeps going about this story. They went to the tomb. They saw him. They came back. In verse 25, he says to them, How foolish you are. How slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? Now, this is what I love about Jesus. He invites a conversation because he understands that in the middle of the conversation is where we're going to process and understand and come to the understanding of what he just did. Sometimes his thoughts and miracles and power is so beyond our thinking, we have to process and ask questions in order to process what he's doing because he's so far ahead, we can't catch up if we just take statements. But so many times we do this in life. And this is why we talk about doing life in circles, not rows. Because in rows, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to your situation. I'm talking to what you've done and what you should do. And a lot of times we treat relationships like this all every day. If everybody comes to us with their problems, we say, well, you should. Well, you should do this. Well, you need to do this. Well, this is my opinion on things. Well, I don't think they should be doing that. And we talk about government. We talk about education system. You name it. Well, my opinion, they should. Well, all things are wrong because... And you start talking two things. But Jesus, and this is what they did in, in the religious days where the religious leaders would wear their garb and they would do the religious things and they would talk to people. Well, you shouldn't do that. Well, the law says, and they did this even with Jesus when Jesus came. Oh, well, you shouldn't do that on the Sabbath. Well, you can't do this. Well, you can't, can't, can't. And they started making statements too and it gets nowhere. And Jesus understands there's a power in conversation. There's the power of conversation that breaks down barriers for us to process. But you can't process if all you're doing is hearing statements. If I just tell you my opinions and I just blab off my mouth, you know, for a while and talk to you about everything that I think and what I think about your life, it's going to be good and maybe you'll get something out of it and maybe, you know, you'll walk away saying, hmm, but I only connected with your mind. That's a good thought. Hmm, that's a good statement. Yeah, that's good. That's good. It's only here. But Jesus understands when we start to ask questions and we invite a conversation, we not only go into the mind, but we move into the heart. And that's where true life transformation takes place, is in our heart. And so Jesus invites this conversation. He's having a, cover, he's having a circle saying, hey, it's not about me speaking to you, but let's have a conversation. What things? What do you think happened? Well, what did you see? Well, what did you experience? Well, what are things that, that you think about it? And he started talking with them, and they're processing, well, this happened, and this happened, and, and all of a sudden, it's all coming together. And then he goes, and he says, how foolish are you? 
How foolish are you? All these things happened. The prophets spoke about it. Moses, everybody talked about the Messiah to suffer these things. And then he did. When will you understand it? I love that Jesus always talks to us how we need to hear it. Because there's a lot of us who have heard the word over and over and over again, yet we've done nothing with it. And so Jesus needs to talk to us differently than he talks to someone who doesn't know about him at all. Because someone that doesn't know about him at all, he needs to speak in a certain way to get to their heart. But then there's another way. And these guys have heard, they saw, everything had gone on. And so Jesus was talking to them in a direct way. I don't know if you've seen yet, but now texting, you can emphasize your text just by a push of a button. You put an exclamation mark on your text or on someone's text that they sent to you. You can even respond with a ha-ha. Just push it. Ha-ha. Very funny. Ha-ha. LOL. Send some balloons. You can, you can do whatever you want to make your text come alive. I don't know if you've ever had this happen when you're reading the word, and all of a sudden you've read this scripture 50 billion times, and now all of a sudden Jesus puts a little exclamation mark on that text. And you're like, whoa! Jumps out of the page of me! Because Jesus knows how to talk to you. He knows how to speak to you exactly where you're at. And some of us are a little stubborn, more stubborn than others. But let me just talk to you about stubborn people. I'm one of them. We're the people getting things done. But Jesus knows how to talk to us and talk through the stubbornness. He knows how to ask questions, but also speak in a tone that we hear. I don't know how you hear God, how you hear Jesus. A lot of times I'll hear him through scripture. A lot of times I'll hear him even through movies. I'll just watch a movie and at the end I'll be like, wow, God, never thought of that. Thank you. Uh, you just revealed something to me. And if you get through books or when you're driving in nature, whatever it is, Jesus knows how to speak to us and he knows how to invite a conversation with us. And so he's talking with them. And he goes on in verse 25. He says, how foolish of you. And, and, and he talks to them on their level. But verse 28 says, as they approach the village, they come to the end of their conversation. As they approach the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. He was moving on. But they had come to the place where they were going to stay. Yet Jesus was moving on. He was moving. He was going. Don't you know Jesus is always on the move? He's not waiting for us to move. He's always on the move. But he's waiting for our invite. And so the, the Bible says that they strongly urged him, stay with us, for it is nearly even the day is over, so he went to stay with him. I love it because their plea and their urgent plea stopped Jesus from where he was headed and redirected his course. I wonder what would happen if we got desperate for Jesus in our lives and in our families. And in our jobs, to the point where we urged Jesus to stay. God, I don't know what you're doing right now. I don't know what your plans are. But God, I need you here. I need your presence. I need your presence, God. And so Jesus stayed. He stayed the night. He came in. They had a meal. In fact, verse 30 says, when they were at the table, they were sitting around a meal. Because life happens in circles, not rows. And he took the bread. And I love this because he gave thanks and broke it and began to give it to them. Notice what he did. He brought them back to the moment 
where they broke the bread, they remembered who he is, who he was. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. Mean trick, Jesus. Right as they get it, you disappear. Because he understood. They processed. They understood his power. And now they're good. Now they can go forward and understand. And then in verse 32, it says, they asked each other, were not our hearts burning when he talked with us? Man, when we were on the road with him, didn't we realize? Sometimes we don't understand and we don't realize that Jesus is in the midst of our process. And we didn't realize it all along. We thought he was nowhere to be found in our valley, in the hard times. But Jesus was right there. Inviting conversation, inviting that process. And sometimes we, get, we feel guilty if we question, right? Why, God? Why? Why did that happen? Why do I have to go through that? But Jesus is in the middle of the process. He invites your questions. He invites you to go on a journey, to not understand everything. In fact, he calls you to be a disciple. You know what a disciple means? Learner. He wants you to, to be in a process. And if we could break out of the perception that life's all about just speaking, there's a lot of conversations that we need to take out of rows and bring into circles. There's a lot of hurt people that don't need a statement. They need a conversation. And so if we learn from Jesus, we start to not talk to, but we start to talk through. And I start to hear where you've come from and hear what's going on in your mind and in your heart. And we get down deep to why you feel that way. I think a lot of our issues would be solved in the world if we'd learn how to sit down and have a conversation. And I don't know where you are in your journey. You might be in a season right now where you're asking yourself, what just happened? I thought this was, I don't understand. You're trying to process. And maybe you've come in here today in the middle of that process. And Jesus, in his sovereign power, and it's all knowing he knows it all, yet he still comes to our level and he asks a question. What things? What things? What are you talking about? What are you thinking? Because Jesus cares about where you are. More importantly, he cares about where you're headed. A lot of times we get fi so fixed on the past we forget Jesus is all about our future. We can't hold on to the past. We have to move into the future. And today, in just a moment, we're going to baptize those that have gone from a, a life of a past. But we're not talking about the past. We're not talking about the things that we used to do or we once were in. Now, it's all about our future in Christ. It's all about where we're headed it's all about what Jesus is doing in us now and where we're going in him. Man, I'm thankful that God didn't leave me where I was. 
In fact, I'm thankful that he let me process and he let me digest and, and really talk through what are these things that are happening in my heart, in my life. And I want to pray for you today. I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Just if you're in this process where you're asking what is going on, there's a lot of times we just need to just start the process and say, Jesus, I invite you into my space. I know you might be moving, you might be headed somewhere, but God, I want you here. I want to invite you into my place so that we can sit and talk. My eyes can be opened to what you're doing. If you're in this room, you say, hey, Elijah, I would love to invite Jesus into my space. I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you today, if that's all right. So if everybody would just bow your heads and close your eyes. But if you're in this room, you say, Elijah, that's me. I would love to invite Jesus into my space. Would you just lift a hand? Say, Elijah, that's me. Would you pray with me? Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Yeah, come on, give it up for those that are, get, are inviting Jesus in. That's awesome. That's huge. Come on, no golf claps allowed. Celebrate that. There's a party going on in heaven. Woo! I love it. I want to pray with you. Jesus, I thank you so much for what you did on the cross. Thank you for how you invite us in, God. You're amazing. You're so amazing. Thank you for what you've done in my life, how you've changed me, how you've made me into the person that I was designed to be. Now I pray for my friends that, it, that invited you into their space today. God, help them. Pray that they would realize who you are. Realize that you're a God of love, God of grace and mercy. But God, you don't want to leave us in our past. You want to redeem us to escape and to get into the future that you have for us. So God, I pray that you'd help my friend, help my friends, God, all across this room to come alive to their purpose so that others can find theirs. We love you, Jesus, and we trust you. In your name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.